Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Good morning. My name is Bernadette Anderko, and I'm one of the investment writers at Julius Baer in Zurich. I'm going to provide an overview of the recent market activity. In the US yesterday, stocks added to their three-week slide in regular trading. The Dow fell about 173 points, or 0.5%, and the S&P 500 was off 0.4%. The Nasdaq Composite, meanwhile, dropped 0.7% to notch its first seven-day losing streak since 2016. Over in Asia, markets also traded lower this morning, but some recovered. The Nikkei 225 in Japan traded 0.95% lower, and the Topix was also down by 0.77%. In mainland China, the Shanghai Composite retreated from earlier losses to gain 0.18%, and the Shenzhen component also traded 0.79% higher. The Hang Seng Index was 1.25% lower, and the Hang Seng Tech Index was down 1.79%. China's exports grew only 7.1% in August from a year earlier, missing the estimate of 12.8% which was forecast in a Reuters poll, and having grown by 18% in July. In the bond markets, the 30-year US Treasury bond closed at its highest yield since 2014 at 3.5%, and the 10-year US Treasury yield jumped to its highest level since June, amid a bond sell-off exacerbated by bets on another 75 basis points Fed interest rate hike to tackle high inflation. In Asia, the Bank of Japan said that it would boost scheduled bond purchases as the nation's 10-year rate neared the 0.25% upper limit. Unsurprisingly, given the higher U.S. Treasury yields, the currency markets saw continued U.S. dollar strength. The stronger greenback is continuing to push rival currencies lower, driving up the cost of imported goods, constricting financial conditions and feeding inflation in other economies. In Japan, the yen sank 1% against the dollar and officials there warned that they're concerned about rapid one-sided moves. China, meanwhile, set its yuan reference rate with the strongest bias on record. In the commodity space, crude oil plunged to the lowest since January to $85.33 a barrel on concern a global shutdown will cut demand in Europe and the US, just as China's COVID-0 strategy hurts consumption in the world's biggest crude importer. Iron ore also extended declines. Bitcoin flirted with the test of the lows for the year, and gold slipped below $1,700 an ounce. The main event in the UK yesterday was, of course, Liz Truss taking over the reins, not just of the Conservative Party, but also of government, as she became the Queen, Queen Elizabeth's 15th Prime Minister. She's promised to deliver a major package of support this week to tackle soaring UK energy bills an economic intervention that could see the government spend as much as £200 billion over the next 18 months. European markets are likely to head lower today as investors continue to dwell on the recessionary outlook in the region, mounting inflationary pressures and the prospects of further US Fed rate hikes. The US Federal Reserve will give its summary on current economic conditions when the Beige Book is published later today. And that's it for the Markets Wrap. Now I'm pleased to hand over to Marcus Allensbach, Head of Fixed Income Research, for his take on the markets. Hello, Bernadette. I mean, bond markets are suffering. We have certainty in an area we don't like it. And we have anxiety in an other area we can't appreciate. We have certainty about rate outlook. Look, the Reserve Bank of Australia hiked rates yesterday. The Bank of Canada will do it today. We have the European Central Bank tomorrow. We have the Bank of England next week. And we have the Federal Reserve the week after. And all of these central banks, they are 
only raising rates to fight inflation. Gone are the days when we were waiting for the central bank meetings to see what else the central banks are doing to stifle the financial markets to foster growth. Now, the only question is how fast and how high interest rates will rise. Against this background, of course, corporates are rushing to the capital market. Yesterday, in the dollar space alone, $35 billion of high-grade bonds have been priced. That's about a quarter of a normal September issue volume, and that's in a single day, one of the highest on records. That's about the rate outlook. As I mentioned, central banks are tightening, and that, of course, is increasingly priced. And now for the, the risk appetite matters. And on risk appetite, it's energy at the moment. Remember the early days of the lockdown period when we started to look at Google activity data to find out what level of economic activity, what level of economic costs the lockdowns are causing. Now we look at daily inventory data on natural gas in Europe. We look at daily electricity prices in France, prices in England. You mentioned the measures of the British government. This anxiety about energy and the economic impact, of course, uh, based on risk appetite. We still like credit risk. We still believe in the economic outlook we have. The credit spreads are too wide. But given the current anxiety about the energy impact on growth and the risk of a recession, we see that credit spreads are unduly wide for the time being. For investors, trying to capture some of this carry, we still prefer short dated moderate credit risk. That's all from my side. Thank you very much, Marcus. This concludes today's podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. We do hope you'll join us for the next installment. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.